Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We have a really fun show for you today. It's 2018 Second Half Goal Setting Strategies, or a better, more accurate title, a Success Strategies for the Rest of 2018. Um, we've been coaching agents for 20 years. We've had literally hundreds of thousands of private coaching calls. If you're feeling right now like you've been burning the candle at both ends, you're not alone. Most people feel like that in the middle of the year. So I want you to hear what I just said. It's very normal for people's enthusiasm, uh, energy, for their mindset, all those types of things start to wane in the middle of the year, and that's completely and totally normal. And I don't know why it works this way for most of humanity, but it does. <laughs> you know, There's something in our lizard brains that makes us so that halfway through the year, which you know is basically now, that people start going into a lower energy mode. So here's what I want you to understand. If you allow that to happen, if you allow yourself without having financial reserves, without having momentum in your business, if you basically are already behind where you want to be for your goals for the year and you start taking a few RPMs off the engine, you're going to pay the price around the holiday season and you're going to pay the price going into next year. I know that's not something you want to hear. I know you want someone to tell you that you need to take a break and take care of your you know, inner self and all these types of things. And that's fine when you can afford it. I want you to be very clear about what I just said. All the mindset stuff and all the other sort of you know, mental masturbatory stuff, that all, that's all stuff that's fun to read about. Look, I like to read Eckhart Tolle. I like to listen to podcasts and things like that on you know, different waves, all that stuff. I love that stuff. It's interesting. But I don't allow myself to indulge in that stuff when I'm supposed to be working. I am not going to be seduced into believing that my mindset is the reason why I'm not succeeding at the highest level, because it never is. The mindset, or believing that your mindset is the reason that you're not succeeding at the highest level, is the reason you're not succeeding at the highest level, because you've been led to believe there's something wrong with your mindset. And so mindset, motivation, all these things fall into the same bucket, and this is what I see happen this time of year. A lot of people start checking out, believing that there's something that's wrong with them in the psychological, almost spiritual bucket when there isn't. The truth is, is what you're experiencing is just normal and everyone else is, is experiencing it too. So what you've got to realize is, is that if you – look, a week, a two weeks maybe, fine, have a nice vacation. But if you allow yourself to take more time than that off – and you know you got to realize you're going to pay the price in six months, if not sooner. You will financially pay the price. As a business owner, as a small business owner, is what all of you are. As an entrepreneur, what you are, you have to be thinking like a business person. You have to be realizing that there are unintended consequences of your actions or lack of actions. Lack of action is still an action, right? So you have half the year left. We have lots of opportunity left this year. Yes, I know the market is changing. And by the way, Julie and I are going to work on 
a um, real, a very drilled down podcast and a series of articles for our website that's going to help all of you guys to know where your individual market is in the cycle of correction. Because there's no doubt we're entering into, or if you're in New York City, it's already been happening for a while, um, you know, a buyer's market. There's no doubt that the market is shifting. But some of you want to know on a very, you know, drilled down level what to look out for, actual market, you know, undulations that you should be mindful of. And Julie and I are going to create a very specific sort of like almost a checklist. And we're basing this on not only academic studies that we've read, uh, folks that we trust now that are, you know, we go to for advice outside of the real estate industry, by the way, who are very conscious of most of them in their securities business. and They're very conscious of market cycles, but we're also basing a lot of it on being in the coaching business during the last corrective market cycle, which started really in 2006. So what we're going to share with you in this upcoming report, and hopefully we'll have it done this week and maybe have it ready for you next week, is we're going to share with you exactly what happens almost by the month. You can literally predict if these three things are happening in your market today, right? If you look in the MLS and you see these three things happening, these sort of trends that are starting to take place, this is what's going to happen next and this is about the time frame as to when it's going to happen. So it's taking us a lot of time, and we're basing us a lot on you know, a lot of you know, different sources. So when we're done with that, make sure you share that with other agents, because nobody needs to be caught by surprise. That's what seemed to happen last time. And I believe it to a certain extent, but the reality of it is, is I think a lot of people, our industry is the best at being in denial, at hiding its head in the sand. When the market changes noticeably for the entire country, which will happen, you're going to see a seismic shift in the way virtually everything is done from you know, agents, individual uh, businesses to brokers, businesses, and all these tech companies, all these marvels of the real estate industry you know, that everyone is so excited about, the disruptor, or this, the other thing, those are all going to go poof like a fart in the wind because a lot of their business models are predicated on things that can only exist in a seller's market. For example, big teams – they're not profitable now. They net, they're just marginally profitable where the owner is literally or whoever the person taking the most risk is almost always better off not to have a team to almost always just focus on listings. And we've had people on our podcast that had some of the biggest teams in the country, and they have all uh, essentially concluded what we've been telling you guys on this podcast for the past three years because we know this from having done it and we also know it from basically having coached agents is that teams are unprofitable. And when there's a slight change in the market, teams could actually cause financial ruin for the person whose name's on the front door. And that scares me for all of you who are, are basically not aware of – if you've been in the business only for 10 years, you've been in the business during the era of buying buyer leads, building big buyer's agent-based teams, and branding and all this other stuff that cannot exist in the market that we're entering into. It won't exist in the market we're entering into. And if you don't start to pivot your business now, if you don't start to realize that the business model that you had won't be the one that you need to have, you're going to have some serious financial problems. So we're not going to hold back in telling you guys the truth. We're not going to hold back in telling you guys where the inefficiencies are in your real estate you know, uh, business. Our focus, we, obviously we have a lot of broker clients. But our focus always has been, and frankly, it always will be, on the individual practitioner, on the boots on the ground, on the agent. Julie and I are in the agent coaching business. That's who we choose to be. That's who we are. 
right? That's what, we li- that's what we live and we breathe every day. We talk about you guys constantly and what we can be doing to help you. We actually check ourselves on a regular basis to make sure we're not holding back on telling you something that you don't want to hear. Uh, because sometimes, right, you run a fear of, in our position, you run a fear of maybe telling something to somebody too soon, and then you're tagged as an alarmist. Or people will be skeptical as why we're saying what we're saying. We started telling you guys about New York City two years ago, and one of my best coaching clients just a couple weeks ago didn't told me he didn't believe me two years ago when I told him, and didn't really, he just basically thought I was just, you know, didn't take it seriously, and because I told him what was going to happen. New York City was going to lead to L.A., and then there was going to be the other things, because we had lived it before, so we saw that happen before, and uh, now he's saying, because he's stuck with some listings that are basically all needing some fairly decent price reductions in L.A., he's now experiencing, for the first time in his career, the need to actually go after price reductions, which frankly, and you know, honestly, is perfect, because Julie and I only ever sold in a, a, a balanced market or a, a buyer's market. So as far as knowing how to survive and thrive in a market like this one is becoming, I mean, come on now. This is what we, this is what we did. You know, Julie and I sold real estate for 10 years, 100 to 200 homes per year, over 100 homes our first year. So, yeah, I mean, guys, look, don't be fearful of this market, but do be fearful of taking too long to adjust to the market. You want to be, like I was just trying to explain to you, you want to be ahead of the market, but not too ahead of the market. You want to be repositioning yourself in the market financially so that you can weather the storm. Some of you guys are running outrageous overheads with all these with all this staff. That's what's going to kill you. Because when the market changes, those pissed off hungry birds that you call buyers agents, they still want their fat juicy worm. And you're going to be looking at your credit card balances that you've been paying to different lead generating sources and you're going to say this does not work, and the buyer's agents are just going to bitch the whole time that the leads suck. And then someone's going to tell you, well, it's because you're not following up on the leads aggressively enough, or you're not curating the leads aggressively enough. And they're going to blame you, and they're going to blame the lead. And no one, okay, look, it changed. It's changing. Please, guys, be proactive about this. So that report's going to come out in the next week or so. We're spending a lot of time on it. And as always, in our usual fashion, we're going to not give you a lot of fluff. We're just going to give you the drill down, do this. And if you want more drill down information beyond what we tell you, we're going to leave the breadcrumbs for you to follow so you can go and research it yourself. We're going to tell you where we got the information. We're going to tell you what website. You can go and research it yourself for those of you who want to, you know, fact check us, which is fine. All right, so listen, guys, success strategies for the rest of 2018. Remember, it's okay if you're starting out listening to today's show, feeling a little bit like you've been, you know, like you're running a little bit thin. Some of you are having your best years ever. Some of you, frankly, are just getting into the business. Others of you are just basically on track, maybe a little bit ahead, a little bit behind. You want to take some time off, that's fine, but you've got to be doing it in a professional way. You've got to be doing it understanding that you're going to have to, if, you're, if you don't want to pay a price in six months for your lack of activity now, that you're going to have to adjust your schedule going forward so you compensate for the time you're taking off. All right, so Julie's going to go through her points, and I want you guys to think about these things and write these points down. Uh, Julie, by the way, do you have anybody from Facebook or from our private Facebook group, <laughs> place else you'd like well, to acknowledge? Yeah. Just a quick one because it ties right in. From coaching member Kelly Stephenson, Kelly writes, please tell me we're going to do another TFW this year. I think I'm going to start early and do it twice. Kelly is referring Ah. to the phrase total effing war, which you all need to declare on the rest of this year. So I thought I would use that as a segue to our discussion about what to do over the next six months. So remember, everybody starts out the year with New Year's resolutions, goals, dreams. How many people achieve it? 
Well, only those who follow a specific plan. It's about action. A goal is a dream with an action plan, a deadline, and steps that take you from here to there. So what will you do, underlining action words, and how will you do it to be sure that the second half of 2018 will indeed be your best year ever? We're going to go through some exact steps. Now I would say, and I think you'd probably agree with this, Tim, at least from our private coaching clients and some of the emails that we get, I, I think one of the biggest hurdles these guys have is, as you said, some burnout and getting into this tendency to stop or slow their lead generation, lead follow-up, and things of that nature because they've been so busy the first half, because they've been cranking the volume and the transactions and all these units, and now on top of it they have to deal with price reductions, some of them. So what's one of the first things that goes? It's the lead generation. Any time, and there's, you know, there's a rule of prospecting. Any day that you skip will definitely bite you not just next week but next month and probably next quarter. So that is true, and you have to fight TFW to get away from that. The solution is to not stop prospecting and lead generating. So to what are the TFW, steps here? TFW is something we did uh, fourth quarter of last year, and it stands for something I'm surprised Julie's actually saying it. It stands for total, and I'm not about to use a bad word, but it stands for total effing war. Okay, So I didn't use a bad word, so those of you who want to fire off nasty emails, keep them to yourself. But that's the challenge we did at the fourth quarter of last year, trying to put everybody's mindset in a place where they could attack the year. Because we knew this year was going to be a year of transition, and guess what? We were right. So I do like her idea, by the way, of treating July through maybe July of 2019 as a new year, and she can restart her TFW motivation and mindset. If that's what it's going to take to recharge yourself, go for it. By the way, a lot of businesses do that. A lot of businesses run their fiscal years from July till July opposed to January to January. And in real estate, it makes sense, frankly, because you start the year strong and you can end the year strong, opposed to how most real estate uh, businesses run, which is in the year kind of a, with a, a putter and, end, and begin with a putter. You know, So just mindset-wise, that might be a good move for all of you. Julie? Absolutely. So what are the steps as we're considering the next six months? Point number one, actually review your first six months. Review your successes. What did you do well? Why was that? And what has to happen to keep doing this at a high level? Maybe it's because you declared TFW at the end of last year and you were really ready for this year versus waiting as many do until it's actually the new year and then waiting till the spring and then your year is shot. So review your successes. What are you doing well? How are you going to continue doing that? What caused that? And then review your challenges. What went wrong? Why? And how do you propose to fix it? Be empowered by the answers versus spending time beating yourself up. Knowing what happened in the first six months, both good and bad, helps you to be more clear about the second half of 2018. So don't hide out from those successes and those challenges. Actually be introspective. Step number two, set goals for between now and New Year's Eve. Be specific. Make your goals between now and Thanksgiving to be extra aggressive and to get ahead and think about how thankful you'll be on Thanksgiving. I do that a lot with our private clients is we make sure that we're hitting that yearly goal by Thanksgiving, knowing that December is always kind of a questionable production month. Whether you're focused or not, trying to get your market focused can be you know, a bit of a challenge. So we use December then to get ready for the following year. You have that option. But we're, the point is that we're setting specific goals. These goals have to be what we call SMART. S-M-A-R-T, SMART Goals, stands for Specific 
measurable, actionable, realistic, and timely. And by the way, there is an even more in-depth drill down on this in both the Harris Rules book and the Real Estate Treasure Map. We talk about SMART goals because this is so important. Some of your goals might reach into next year, but this is normal. Big goals take time. New goals need to be based on your current reality, changes that have occurred so far for this year. So for example, if your listings are now starting to take longer to sell, your active listing goal, your magic number, may be different than what you actually declared back on January 1st. So your new goals have to be based on your current reality, not just a revamping of what you thought was going to happen six months ago. Now, if you get stuck, as many of you do on this goal setting, or you've never done real goal setting, start with two questions. What do I want more of? What do I want less of? Write down those lists, and it's going to get you going on your goal setting. It's kind of a brainstorming session. And then you can use what we call the 10-goal method. And this is steps A through E for my note takers out there. Step A, take out a new sheet of paper. Write second half 2018 goals. Put a date on it. Write 10 goals you want to achieve now as if there are zero limitations. Okay? And don't write down things like get my mindset straight. That's not specific, is it? 10 very specific, actionable goals. Okay, then point B, write your goals in present tense as if you've already achieved them. This programs your subconscious. Point C, for example, I earn X amount of dollars by December 31st, 2018 versus I want to earn that amount of money. Mini point D, write in a positive tense. I am a non-smoker versus I want to quit smoking. I weigh 120 pounds versus I need to lose 40 pounds. And mini point number E, be personal. Write I before each goal. I earn $450,000 yearly, whatever your 10 goals are. This will inspire your subconscious to get to work. Okay, so back to our bigger points. We now move on to point number three, prioritize a single goal. What's most important? and do the 24-hour test. If you did it in the next 24 hours, what has the most impact? This becomes your primary goal. And please lead with profit. What is your product? It's profit. So no fluffy, as Tim, you would say, woo-woo goals, okay? We want to keep it real here. Point number four, take each goal and give it its own page or even its own legal pad. I will do, insert the goal, by this date. You're making each goal measurable, specific, time-dependent, and posted. All right, so now you've got your goals written down, drilled down upon, specific, got some time deadlines on them. Now we get to the action part. Point number five, how will you do it? What is the first step? What's the second step? What's the third step? You might not know what the fifth or sixth step is, but you do know the first and second step. Okay, so for many of you, it's very clear the first step is to get back to your lead follow-up that's been sitting in your voicemail, your email, your texts, all the different things that you've been doing and setting up that have been sitting there and getting forgotten about while you either put out fires, go to your closings, convert you know, other things. For some of you, it's real specific. How do you do it? You get back on the schedule that you set that was actually based on your real goals. If it's something new, maybe you've never, let's say, prospected probate leads before. Well, what's the first step? You've got to get some more education on that. You've got to get your lead sources. You've got to get your scripts and your letters down. You know what the first steps are. You just have to take them. Point number six, 
actually take the first step. Again, it's okay if you don't know the fifth or sixth one, but actually take action. Always take the first step. Always take the first step because it's the one you know right now. The rest will follow. So for example, the process might be something like this. Here's the dream that you start with. I should really talk with my past clients and centers of influence more. How many of you guys are thinking that right now? Probably 110% of you. I need to talk with my past clients and center of influence more. All right, well, that's just a dream. Everybody claims that's important, and yet many of you never do it. Turn it into a goal. I talk with my database regularly using direct contact, email, video, social media, and events. I have a specific schedule I follow and systems deployed so that this is a real spoke of business. Okay, now we're drilling down. But what are the steps? Well, step number one is, for some of you guys, actually start using your database or commit to one, possibly the one you've been paying for but never used. Okay, so decide on a database. That's an easy step number one. Step two, update closing information from the past five years for buyers, sellers, people in my sphere. Maybe you haven't been licensed for five years. Update your past five closings. And you're going to update, for some of our grizzled veterans, that's a really big list. Maybe you'll update five people per day until the list is done. Maybe you'll actually utilize your assistant that you haven't been able to find a use for and get them to do it, but decide on the steps. This will be by, let's say, July 31st, by August 15th, whatever the date is, set a hard deadline to get it done. And then step number three might be something like upload the cleaned up database to happygrasshopper.com for automated emailing and so on. Maybe the next step is to invest in BombBomb Video and make your own videos for delivery. But you can see the step-by-step -step process versus, you know what, someday I'm going to talk to my database again. Okay, so here's another iteration of this. And Tim, you can interrupt me if I'm getting too, you know, wordy or what have nope. you. I'm listening. So, okay, so another example of turning a dream into a goal so you really take action. The dream would be this. I need to lose weight and eat healthier. That's just a dream. Pretty much everybody can say that. But a goal... I weigh 120 pounds by Thanksgiving 2018 by going to Orange Theory Fitness four days per week and doing their weight loss challenge. Maybe that's my next step. I'm not just going to show up. I'm actually going to participate. And just to be really specific, I will go Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 7.30 a.m. and not skip any days. And then you get it on your calendar, and you put alarms and reminders, and you actually show up. So it's not enough to just say, I've got to eat healthier. I've got to lose weight. You've got to have a plan behind it with specific steps. All right, so point number seven is to do what they call a mind storm of your goals. Write how I will do the goal by December 31st and give up to 20 answers to the question. What are 20 different ways you could actually reach the goal for real? Think your way to your answer. And maybe number 17 is the key to getting it done. Actually get your mind to the next level. Get away from what you want to do and into how you're going to do it. Point number eight, write your goals in three by five index cards using your positive and personal statements that start with I am and review them daily. Maybe you put your screensaver up with some of those goals. Maybe you write it on your wipe off board, but it cannot be out of sight, out of mind. Don't just throw it on a spreadsheet and save it someplace and forget what you called it. That doesn't count. Point number nine, post everything on whiteboards, dreamboards, three by five cards. Again, be visual about your goals, and you are a thousandfold more likely to achieve them. You know, Tim, you and I did a podcast, I think, probably about 90 days ago, and it was based on studies 
where uh, I think there were four or five different studies, and they were comparing the difference between people who just said what their goal was versus people who wrote them down versus people who wrote them down and read them every day. And of course the results are exactly what you would expect. People who not just said them and wrote them down, but reviewed them every day were like 90% on track. So don't skip the posting it. A lot of people get this far and they don't post it because that's the accountability to it. They're afraid to look at it well, every day. Well, Julie, there's, there's, a, there's a, also an edge to that too. Um, a lot of you guys have been told to share your goals with everybody, and we actually used to say that too. And then there was research that came out that this is very fascinating, that the psychological benefit of, say, Julie keeps on going back to the whole losing weight thing, um, of like losing 20 pounds. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. You broadcast that everywhere. You tell everybody. People say, congratulations, you're going to look great. They say all these encouraging things. It's very fascinating, but the human brain works in this way that once you start getting that positive reinforcement for having accomplished the goal, even before you started on the path to try to accomplish it, decreases the likelihood that you won't accomplish the goal. I'm going to say that again. When you have a goal that you're trying to accomplish, sharing it with a bunch of people is actually proven to greatly reduce the likelihood of you accomplishing the goal. Fascinating, isn't it? So when you have yeah, – and it's interesting, too, when you read um, books about – just pretty much anybody notable, they seem to innately know that. They seem to know that when they have goals, they don't share them with everybody. They might tell their wife or their partner. They might, you know, that's it. They're not going to just go and start broadcasting everywhere. Dreams, dream boards are fantastic. They're great if you want to have visual sort of, you know, reminders of what it is that you're working towards. But post that in some place that's just for you. Make it so that it's not someplace, something that's going to be on your wall in your office, where if you have an office, which hardly anyone does anymore, but you know, if you do, it's an office at home that only you and your family can see, things like that. But really the difference between a goal, you know, someone who talks about it versus does it, is the granular, the drill down. That's what Julie's saying. I mean, she gave you guys a great example. How many of you are paying attention to it? It's, so a lot of times the, um, when we have other people that are trying to help us create business plans or set goals, they don't take it far than, they don't drill down far enough. So for example, you want to go to lose the 20 pounds, we'll stay on that theme. Julie said, gave you a great example, you're going to go to Orange Theory um, every day at you know whatever time you're going to go. We go every day at 4.30. You're going to go uh, and you're going to, it, they might not be doing a weight loss challenge, it doesn't really matter. You're going to do whatever exercise, you're going to do whatever plan they have for you that particular day. You're going to, but here's where it goes to the next level. You're going to write down your progressive realization of the accomplishment of that goal. You're going to keep a journal of it because if you just go to Orange Theory and you're a walker and a talker on the treadmill, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to actually challenge yourself to start working on increasing the intensity of your workout. So you want to go to the coach, the head coach, and you want to say, listen, here's my goal. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds in 90 days. Every one of you listening can do that. How do I do it? And they're going to tell you that this is the other thing. So let's say you start on the treadmill. Just, I'm showing you guys at what level you need to be thinking. You're going to start on the treadmill, and you're going to be walking at, say, a four or five-mile-per-hour speed. And he, you're going to make it so your goal in the next two weeks is to increase it to six, where you're going to have to lightly run. And then your goal two weeks after that, so a month after you've started, is your new base running speed is going to be seven. So that's what you have to do. You have to set specific, measurable goals with a deadline. Notice I said two weeks. Now, it's not enough for you just to show up at Orange Theory and work out. You're also going to have to change the way you eat. 
you're going to have to change the food you consume. Because if you want to you know, increase your income, let's say, you increase your output. In other words, the amount of uh, services you provide to other people that they're willing to pay for, and you decrease your spending. And yet at the same time, you also basically maybe decrease the amount of money you're spending on things that are not going to give you a, a return on investment. This is a different thing. The food thing and the eating thing and the workout thing, that's easy to understand. So you're going to change your diet. You're going to read that book that we are always telling you to buy, which Julie's about to tell me the name of it. The Great Big Surprise. No, no you the said big it wrong. Fat surprise. fat surprise. I did. Oh, you're, you're screwing it I up. I fell now. into your <laughs> trap. You did. Yes. So get that book. Um, uh, it's called The Big Fat Big Fat Surprise, right? Yes. You're, you're going to have to look it up. So get that, get that book, guys. It'll change your, the way you think about food. I'll summarize it for you right now. Ready? Uh, eat butter, eat meat, eat things that have a lot of uh, you know fats in them. Cut out pretty much everything else. There, I've just essentially saved you from having to listen to the book. Oh, but you don't believe me. I understand. Now read the book because you're going to be getting into the history of why people think, in America mostly, uh, that certain foods are healthy when in all reality they aren't. It goes all the way back to the 50s, and I'm telling you, it's so freaking fascinating to read it. It'll open your eyes because the whole food pyramid, the whole you know, belief system we have around certain types of foods is completely wrong. And she basically lays out all the science. In addition to that, she lays out all the politics that went behind you know, essentially the American diet, which has caused most of us to have really horrible health problems. So you're going to change your diet. You're, so, okay, you guys getting the point here? So it's not enough just to say I'm going to lose 20 pounds in X amount of days. You have to have a specific written out plan. And this is where people fail because they fail to plan. Oh, you've heard that before, haven't you? Well, this is a real good salient example of that. So if you're wanting to accomplish – now, look, to have a bunch of unobtainable goals or long-term goals is usually silly because the best goals for you to set for yourself would be like the ones for the next six months. For the next six months, you're going to be doing specific things. Like you might say, I'm going to take you know, six for sale by owner listings or unrepresented owners, as we like to call them. You're going to take six of those listings between now and the end of the year. What specific things do you need to be doing between now and the end of the year to accomplish that goal? Think about it. Okay, when are you going to have the listings taken by? Oh, I just said it, Tim, by the end of the year. Nope, that won't work. You've got effectively six months left this year. You're going to take, here it is, I'm giving you guys an idea here, right? You're going to take one listing per month of an unrepresented owner. Oh, hold on, Tim, I can't get the phone numbers, I can't get, okay, plenty of information, plenty of places that will give you the information. If you don't want to spend the money on it, I pretty much can guarantee you that if you just drive around in most markets, you're going to trip over for sale by owners everywhere you look. Grab some phone numbers. You can go to Zillow and click on the Make Me Move thing. It's behind two or three sub-menus. Find it there. You can go to a service like Lead Senders or I mean, there's lots of places where you guys can get a, a for sale by owner information. For sale by owner, owner information is easy to get because the seller wants you to call and the seller gives you the phone number. So you have no problem giving the sellers contact information. So, and oftentimes it's their cell phone. And oftentimes they answer on the first ring. So you now have a specific plan. You're going to take one listing. Oh, but we're not done. Tim, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? You're going to have to learn a script. You're going to have to have a system in place. You're going to have to have a pre-listing pack. You're going to have to know how to overcome the seller's objections. How long are you going to take before you are ready to present to a for sale by owner to the point where you can take the listing? How long are you going to take? Most of you have taken so far approximately 20 years. <laughs> Many of you have taken years before you even feel comfortable soliciting a FISBO because it does require real sales skill. 
how you guys have all been hiding behind centers of influence and past clients for so long that you have never actually taken the time to learn how to get go after business of people that don't know you. It's not difficult, guys. It's just a system. So you're going to have to learn what to say and how to say it. Right there, I know I lost most of you. Holy shit, Tim's asking me to develop some new sales skills. Now I have to actually learn how to be a salesperson. I get it. And that is usually the conversation ender for most of you. And that's the reason you're not making more money. That's your limiting factor right there. But for those of you who are willing to push it further, you're going to have to do this. Listen to what I'm saying. You're going to have to have, you're going to have, to have a great FISBO script. You're going to have to know how to overcome the usually three or four objections that they're going to have. You're going to have to have a listing presentation with FISBOs. It's actually more of a listing process because a lot of FISBOs, you know, you're going to have to – there's a little bit of romancing involved, but it's not difficult. You're going to have to have your pre-listing pack done. There's certain fundamental things that if you want to actually be successful at accomplishing FISBOs, you're going to have to set yourself up ahead of time with or while you're in the process of doing it. And obviously, guys, our coaching company, that's what we do. We prepare you guys to do all that stuff so that you can start attacking that business. It's the same as if you were to go to Orange Theory and you show up for Orange Theory with no shoes on, no, nothing, no expectations, not knowing what to do. That's what some of you do when you basically go to these for sale by owners unprepared. And that's the reason you're unsuccessful at them. And maybe you tried it twice in 1976 and it didn't work out for you, so you've written FISBOs off. I'm just giving you a example, right? We have 50 different sources, at least, of places that you guys can be chasing listing leads. And none of them cost any money for you to pursue. But how long are you going to take to actually decide to set a goal of specifically becoming a listing agent. Tim, I want to do it now. Thank you. So let's break it down. What are you going to go after first? What is, what's the source of centers of influence and past clients? I knew you were going to say that. Everyone does. So let's create the system. Then we create a system for that. But it has to be measurable. It has to be specific. It has to be time dependent. You see what I'm saying here, guys? When you get the real estate treasure map, by the way, which is a book I'll give you guys when you request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. That book walks you through the process. So you write down the goal. You write down when the goal is going to be accomplished by Then you write down what the action plan is to accomplish the goal. Listen to what I s said to you guys a couple minutes ago. Where most people fail is when they get to the action plan portion, they don't drill it down far enough. Don't be like that. Drill it down far enough. And here's an, a little moment of introspection for you. I know every single one of you listening right now know what I'm saying to you is the truth. I know every single one of you listening right now have also written down goals without action plans intentionally because you didn't want to be disappointed if you didn't accomplish the goal. You guys understand? That's the psychology behind a lot of the reasons why you guys don't succeed at a higher level. It's because you yourself have failure to launch when it comes to actually taking your own aspirations for life seriously. It's, it's literally a fear of whether or not you'll be able to experience, like what happens, it's just all this ego crap, it fills your mind. So listen guys, we obviously have to wrap, free coaching calls for agents.com, if you need us for anything, it's Tim at Tim and .com or Julie at Tim and .com. Oh, we, as always and as expected, we have been getting a lot of requests for people to attend the event we're doing in Austin at the end of this month. The event is completely filled out, or sold out, no more seats available. So I'm sorry you waited too long. We will be doing more events, um, and more events will be announced in different states 
um, upcoming. But, you know, we're, we do most of our stuff online. We're basically a cloud-based company because when we do a podcast, we have, what, 126,000 of you listen. If we go to a live event, there might be, like, what, three or 400 in the room. I think I'd rather have the opportunity to talk to 126,000 versus three or 400. I'm sure you guys can understand. But if you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.